Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Joining us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline, Seahawks wide receiver Laquan Treadwell. Laquan, how's it going? Going great. How are you? I'm great. I mean, I'm really excited for the Super Bowl here with my co-host Bump. We were just talking about prop bets. Uh, in fact, if you want to, you know, make one of them yourself, one of them was, uh, let's see, whether or not a player will propose after the game. What do you think? Uh, I don't do any betting on the games or anything, but uh, <laughs> I would have to say, no bigger moment than the Super Bowl. So why not? I think they. I think someone would. Good way to look at it, Laquan. You're a smart man, Stacy. Loki got you caught <laughs> no, up. No, I didn't man. mean to. I didn't mean to drop you. <laughs> he said, uh, "NFL, you listening? I do yeah. not bet on these games." <laughs> hey, man. Um, first thing I notice is that you are from Chicago, and I think in Chicago, for some reason, I just think hoops. Right? What was the What was the uh, the hoops seem like in Chicago for you growing up? Did you play basketball? And uh, and what what made you gravitate towards football? Oh, yeah. The hoop scene was super, super, super competitive. I mean, you had guys like Tyler Eulis who went to Kentucky, Jaleel Okafor. You had uh, other guys that didn't make it to the NBA, Jamie Crockett, Macari Brooks. Um, there was so many guys. Anthony Davis was in the area. Kendrick Nunn, who played for the Lakers this past, or before he got traded. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was so many guys. Derrick Rose. And there were so many guys growing up in that, in that, in that region of Chicago. And, you know, I played basketball, but I didn't train for it, you know. A lot of my skill set was more based off the hustle, rebounding. And then we had a super good coach my senior year in high school, uh, which helped me get a little better. But I was already committed to football at that point. Um, it, it came more natural to me. You're listening to Bump and Stacy. We're speaking with Seahawks wide receiver Laquan Treadwell. And Laquan, you've been with a couple different teams, all really cool stops, by the way. Um, yeah. I would imagine all of these were really awesome cities to play in. How does Seattle as a team compare to some of the other teams you've been with? Oh, yeah, Seattle was super dope. Um, it was super fun. Definitely had a, 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 a player's bond for sure in the locker room outside the facility. You know, we hung out uh, for my short time there, man. It was amazing. Um, it compares just as any other facility that I've been to. Even some of some, it was a lot better than a lot of them. But um, I can't really speak on you know the difference. But it was just more of the, the players' camaraderie and the and the and the, the coaches, you know, letting the guys be themselves. So it was super cool. It was super cool to be there. The time I was there, you know, I got real close with the guys, um, learned a lot, you know, picked up the playbook really well, and I had a good time. Laquan, you go from so I'm from LA, right? So I went from L.A. to eastern Washington, this small town called Pullman where Washington State is, and the culture shock was real for me. I'm walking around campus like this is something like I've never seen before. Going from Chicago to good old Ole Miss, <laughs> what, what was that transition like? It was, it was super dope, man. I enjoyed Ole, Ole Miss. It was amazing. Um, the hospitality there was amazing. The people was there, that was amazing. The fans took us in. Um, you know, they got behind us. We started winning games. We've seen how much of an impact we had as a, as a class coming in. And we wanted to make sure we left our, our, our mark on the school. And, um, you know, that was our whole mindset, to take out the top teams in the SEC in the West and just, and just win a lot of games and try to make it to the national championship. We had a couple good years. And, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. Man, there's a couple guys in the league right now, specifically wide receivers from Ole Miss. Were you, uh, did you get to know DK Metcalf uh, well when you were yeah. here in Seattle? 
Yeah, I got to know DK real well. I mean, like I said, it was a player's team, so, you know, we, we were kicking it a lot. We were talking a lot, um, and the media got to talk a lot, you know, just get to discuss, you know, get to know each other, yeah. get to discuss our opinions on different plays and everything. So got to know him on the football side and the personal side. You know, we went out to dinner. We had the rookie dinner. Um, you know, we kicked it a little bit. And then, you know, prior to, I knew DK from being a recruit at Ole Miss yeah. and just seeing this guy tear up the high school scene. So, uh, it was it was cool. It was cool to everything to come full circle from, you know, going down and seeing him as a recruit to now being a, the man on campus and, and, you know, writing his legacy well. Man, uh, sometimes people forget that you guys are, are people. You're not just football players, you know what I'm saying? And when I, yeah. I took the trip over there with you guys to Germany and it got to be around the team a lot more than I normally am, and you had practice, yeah. man. You be dancing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you a dancer out there, you nice and loose. Like, what's your, what's your, what are you like um, when when you're not on the football field or training or whatnot? You seem like a loose type of dude. Yeah, man. I, I honestly took the approach this all season to be more relaxed, you know, and, and and don't you know kill my body this all season. That's usually what I do. Once the season over, I jump right into the training and and get get my, get my team together, and we just we hit it, but. It's all season. I take a more a relaxed approach so I can um, be more energized going into the season and, instead of, you know, um, having these different, you know, because I've been on so many different teams. And so I, I took the approach of, okay, if this is what my career is going to be, I need to be well rested and more energized to overcome these, you know, different waves that I'm going through in my career. Where? But um, outside, 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 the, outside the facility, man, I'm a, I'm a fun guy. I like it. I like to dance. I like to, I like to rap. I like to hang out. Um, I do. I like to travel too. So outside of that, I mean, I don't really do much. Um, outside of that, go to basketball games. Yeah. Um, do charity events. You know, the, the usual things. Nothing too crazy. Do you rap casually, or do you actually like make music? <laughs> no, I don't make music, but I rap like the, the rap lyrics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? She was gonna ask you to drop no. a couple. Yeah, bars I was gonna be right like, now. let's hear it, man. <laughs> I wouldn't put no. you on the spot like that. I wouldn't put any of our guys on the spot. It's, you no. know, there's a couple guys that got, that got a flow on the team. I'm not going to say who, but oh. let y'all do the research on what? that. Uh, I'm, can I guess it's DK? Am I wrong or right? <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. Oh, man. Good I know, I know, I know. Man, right passing every test. Man, uh, <laughs> one, of, one of the things I miss about playing is just that locker room. People don't realize the chaos, the the interesting things that go down in the locker room. If you had to pick a position group that's the most outgoing when you guys are in the locker room, what group is that? In the locker room, it's, it's always been like the DBs. Always. The in the cornerbacks. I mean, always. they because they, they, they mess so well, you know, they, they their, their coverages are their coverages, you know. So they can't really do too much within the coverage. As receivers, you know, we, we do a lot of thinking every week. I'm not saying that's an advantage of, you know, the locker room, but they get the they, they can goof off a little more. Mm. You know, we gotta study the plays every every day. They're putting in new plays, new nuances to plays, and so you know we get along in, a, in the room or on the field. That's where we kind of let loose. Less to worry about. Bump. DBs. <laughs> Bumps yeah. over here looking so validated. He's yeah. a former wide receiver. <laughs> That's I fast. feel like all you guys are doing is just encouraging That's each fast. other. Like, yeah, you know, DBs, they just don't know. I mean, there, there's a reason why <laughs> the defense is typically ahead of the offense because, like, cover two. All right, line up and go get it. Cover three with us. We got to make adjustments and stuff. Yeah. So okay. I, I respect it. We're adjusting most of the time. 
Hey, uh, Laquan, you were in a really, really uh, weird place that the rest of the NFL world was talking about last year. You played under Urban Meyer. Uh, <laughs> what was that like? Uh, it was very interesting, okay, <laughs> to say the least. Um, he did give me an opportunity to play, yeah, so I am truly grateful for that. But other things could have been better. I'm not going to say, like, it was terrible. Some things were terrible, you know. Um, some guys had terrible experiences. My experience, I was on practice squad, so I, I kind of kind of kept my focus on what I can control, yeah. and that was, you know, kind of earn his, earn his job, earn a spot, earn an opportunity to play, and it ended up happening for me, so... A lot of the things that other guys who were probably starting or, you know, trying to build with this coach, build with Coach Myers, were seeing probably because they were starters. You know, I was mm-hmm. seeing, you know, a different side, a different perspective from my from my view. So, um, you know, and there were some things that was wrong, that was wrong. It was, you know, something wrong with every team. You know, some things you don't like, some things you do. Yeah. And um, but you know, the Jags. I just seen Trevor. You know, got a new coach. You know, the guys go to the playoffs. I was super happy for him. Uh, we caught up just as in, in the Super Bowl during the Super Bowl week. Man, so there's been reports. I forgot who said it, NFLPA president, I believe, said that, you know, he wants to do without the combine. He doesn't feel like the combine is necessary. Me personally, I think that um, it can help a few people. Um, but a lot of guys go over there and, and hurt their their stock. I mean, when you look at the combine and your experiences over there, um, do you think it's a necessary thing? And what was your experience like at the combine? Um, do I think it's a necessary thing? Um, it it could be hit or miss for any, you know, whatever guy, you know, whatever your situation is, you know, if you, you know, you run fast and you know, you can play and you have the sim, and then you get the opportunity to be around guys who are in the SEC and you're from a smaller school and you got the sim and you run just as fast and you size up just as, you know, that can turn a couple of eyes, but you're a guy who's, you know, in the SEC got the sim know you're gonna not gonna run fast. So it, it just just depends on what situation you're in. I think it can help or it can hurt you. Um do I think it's necessary? I, I do. I mean that's I feel like that's part of the dream, you know, like you you've worked, you know, you look in high school, you're you're training for the forty, bench press, you're training for all these different uh metrics to go be graded at the combine and get the other best. You know, some guys get a pass and don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, some guys need that that opportunity to compete versus the best and show their skills and show their speed and their their, their transition out their breaks. Because, I mean, it don't tell tell whether or not you're going to be a good player or not, but uh, it does help you going into the draft. Hey, Laquan, this is actually related to a question Bump asked you earlier when he said that people often forget that athletes are human, right? <laughs> that yeah. that athletes are people. Um, I have found myself learning so much about football behind the scenes uh, since having this job over the last couple of years, whether it's the amount of time players put in to come back from injury, whether it's the reality of playing on a practice squad, whether it's travel, whatever it is. What do you find people are most surprised about when you tell them about being a football player? Uh, I think they're most surprised about the humility of the football player. Mm. Um, like, like they don't understand that we – we uh, we think with humbleness, but we we want to achieve the most. I think that's the like for most conversations that I have, whether it's airports, Ubers, wherever. You know, it's yeah. like they're like, "What's your name again?" Oh my God, I'm I'm so God is good. Like they, I'm gonna pray for you. Like because most of the conversation is based off the faith, based off the perseverance. You know, and you know they only see the thirty what thirty minutes of. Uh, 
60 minutes of the game. And and then when they meet you, it's like, wow, like, you're truly just like my son. Or you're just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the humility side of it. They're just kind of blown away by you know, how relatable we are to them. I feel it. It's um, so. It's the off season now. What's your what's your off season like? Do you go back to Chicago and train? Some guys go to Cali, Arizona, Florida. What's your off season like? Um, I am currently uh, hanging out at the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl weekend. Got some events. Then um, I'm heading back to D- Dallas. Uh, do a little golfing, uh, and I'll probably train in LA. Uh, just depend on you know how the weather shakes out in Texas, but um, just depends. But I'm, it's still in the air for me right now. I'm really just relaxing and, and just kind of taking things slow day at a time and figuring it out on the way. All right, Laquan, you said four-letter word. Gets me excited. Every time I hear athletes talk about it at golf game, man, what's that handicap? What, what you shooting out there, man? What's up? <laughs> I'm not shooting anything right now. I'm actually really bad. <laughs> my off-season goal was to get better. Uh uh, was going to hit the course with uh, T. Lockett this off season, so we stayed five minutes from each other. We just found that out this year, and so we've been talking about golfing a little bit. But other than that, um, it's really bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> Keep at it, man. Appreciate Keep the at honesty. <laughs> All right, last question uh, for me, Laquan. I know you've probably got friends and people you know on either team, so I might still be putting you in a bad spot. Maybe that's a theme of all my questions. But who do you got in the Super Bowl this weekend? Who do I have in the Super Bowl this weekend? My answer to that question all week has been, I am a free agent. So <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. Um, Both so, teams deserve knows? to win. Yeah, who knows? Who knows where, where next year will bring me. But I'm a free agent, so I'm going to watch the, the game. And I'm excited to see who's going to win. And I'm not going to say who's going to win. I don't know. So I'm just going to watch it as a fan and uh, see what happens. Fan of, of, of two great teams. Don't trip. I'll DM you, man. Let me know through the DMs, all right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Laquan, we really, really enjoyed having you on, man. We appreciate you taking the time. We know you're busy, so thank you again. Thanks. Uh, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate y'all. All right. Take care, All right. Man. See ya. He is Seahawks wide receiver Laquan Treadwell on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Let's get to Headline Rewrites. Headline Rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bob and Stacey. I love Laquan's very diplomatic answer, oh, Stacey. When you asked him about specifically playing under every, Urban Meyer. Every question I asked him was... Um, uh, would you make this sports bet? Who is yeah, the best? Just trying to get him in trouble. Who is the best rapper terms. on the team? Uh, which team will win the Super Bowl? Which, by the way, you might want to sign with either team. And uh, and what was Urban Meyer like? I didn't think through. I didn't think ahead. That's a veteran. He knows what's up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, he was dodging, dodging left and right. He was dipping, just matrix diving. over here. You can't get me, Stacy. <laughs> God. Headline number one, the 2023 Pro Football Hall of Fame class will be headlined by Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, DeMarcus Ware, and Zach Thomas. What's the real headline? Congratulations. We all get to head into Super Bowl weekend feeling ancient. Yeah, man, makes me feel old. I remember watching Darrell Rivas, and he would lock dudes up. Wide receivers held under 35 yards. Mm -hmm. In 2009, Andre Johnson, Randy Moss twice, T.O. twice, Steve Smith, Reggie Rain. Chad Ochocinco, Roddy White, Marquise Colston, seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Revis Island was a real thing. He would lock dudes up and tell you about it. 
Um, one of the best in the last 20 years, easily. So um, this is the, uh, these are the names in the Hall of Fame class. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted out first time eligibles for the Hall of Fame class of 2024. Some names on here you should know about. One, Doug Baldwin on this list. Uh, Brandon Marshall's on this list. Uh, you've also got Andrew Luck. There's some interesting names on here. I mean, any of these names are eligible by virtue of having been out of the league for the minimum of like five years or something. It's it's interesting. Is Andrew Luck a Hall of Famer? I'm, I'm looking up his stats. I'm trying to find him. He is not on the top 20 when it comes to all-time passing be a Hall yards. Of Famer. It's because he could have been, maybe. The potential was great there. He probably had five good seasons left in him when it came to playing quarterback. But something tells me, man, he might sneak in just off of his reputation and what people think his potential was. Is Brandon Marshall a Hall of Famer? Brandon Marshall. I think he is. I think so, too. I think he's got numbers. He played with no one. Yeah. He played with no one. Jay Cutler. I don't think we appreciate Jay Cutler enough. Dude had a cannon. <laughs> he, did. he did, but a I mean, any pro, any pro quarterback. I think Jay Cutler is properly rated. I think he's properly appreciated. If, Jay, if, if Andrew Luck gets in, I'm gonna petition for Jay Cutler to get in. <laughs> this bump you <laughs> dabbing up Jay Cutler. Yeah. It's like when people on NBA Twitter are like, "Yo." Uh, Brian Scalabrini, low-key a bucket. It's like, yeah. I don't Little know. did I know we would leave today's show with bumping like a Jay Cutler stand, being I, like, guys, uh, we don't talk about Jay Cutler I, enough. I associate Jay Cutler with Brandon Marshall, so and I love Brandon Marshall, so maybe that's where my bias lies. Jay and, my, and my buddy and my buddy played on the Broncos when Jay Cutler was there, and he used to call me all the time about how great this dude is. So maybe I've been influenced. Did he ever throw for four thousand yards? The answer is no. No, he hadn't. No, <laughs> no. You're right. Still you know, a cannon stat. for a right arm. You know He's got a cannon though. You just you just killed my dreams of Jay Cutler. No, I want you to keep those dreams ah. alive because I like that. That's part of you. <laughs> <laughs> Next headline. Headline rewrites. Headline number two: Brett Favre is suing Shannon Sharp and Pat McAfee for defamatory allegations made over his involvement in a $77 million welfare fraud scheme. What's the real headline? Hey, he's got to pay back the interest on those welfare funds somehow. (laughs) Man, oh man. What do with their lawsuit? You know, I just, Brett, just don't come for me. Because I don't have 77 mil. I might be able to give you $77 for a a mil at P.F. Chang's. That's about it. You're going to get out of me, bro. Uh, But... This is Brett Favre is looking desperate at this point. Yeah. There's so much evidence that connects him to uh, that situation and how poorly it is. I mean, he's taking money from the poor, investing in Mississippi State, the volleyball program, which his daughter happens to play for. There's text messages. There's so much evidence against this dude. Um, I think he's just trying to, like you said, you got to yeah. pay back them funds. So for anyone who's like a little lost in the details and you're like, hey, this case has been ongoing. I don't really understand what's happening. I don't understand what Shannon Sharp and Pat McAfee said. I will tell you. So Brett Favre wrapped up in the um, biggest uh, corruption scandal in Mississippi State history. It has to do with the distribution of federal funds, specifically funds intended for welfare recipients. And it went to a couple places that it shouldn't have. One of them was Mississippi State to build a $5 million volleyball facility. Brett Favre was petitioning for funds to pay that facility. And while there's no text message history of him saying, hey, can I get those welfare funds? 
there is text message history. There is evidence of Brett Favre knowing that these are federal funds Mm -hmm. that are funding the facility because he's making sure that the facility falls under federal guidelines, like calling it a wellness center versus a volleyball facility or whatever. He also uh, agreed to take funds to speak out about welfare programs. uh, I don't know, maybe on like radio hits or something uh, and said that the facility would be used for, um, you know, underserved communities. So he recognized the facility was with federal funds also recognized and kind of targeted it towards welfare recipients. You can kind of put two and two together. He is suing Shannon Sharp for um, calling him a sorry, shortened version of Mm. MF. (laughs) A Mm. funny version. Um, For stealing money. Basically, he's saying, I didn't steal money out of people's pockets. I didn't take this money and Pat McAfee and Shannon Sharp are accusing me of doing it. Mm. Shannon Sharp received a letter from Brett Favre telling him to take it all back and apologize. Shannon Sharp refused. Yeah, no. That's what you need to know. That's what you need to know. That's what you need to know. Very far, 77 hours. <laughs> Headline rewrite. Headline number three, Oklahoma and Texas have reached a $100 million buyout with the Big 12 to leave for the SEC a year early in 2024. What's the real headline? We're still just trying to figure out where they can find money to pay athletes. You know, that's part of All of a problem. sudden they find this $100 million sitting around. That's for something else, though. That's not for the athletes. That's to get the athletes to play in a different conference. They tapped into that emergency fund and said, we got to get out of here, man. And it, they're motivated because the SEC starts their first year, their TV deal with ESPN. They want to get in on some of that. Also, BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston are joining the Big 12 UFC as well. They don't want any parts of that. And they have to pay Fox on their way out because they're breaking the deal with them. There's so much money being exchanged right now. So many reasons for this happening. I just hope that financially it makes sense for them and that they are in the green. And when they do join the SEC, I see them as second tier teams being close to the Alabama, the Georgias of that deal. Well, Alabama and Georgia, they're, they do their own thing. Class of their own. They got the best athletes in all the world. But they're going to be able to be competitive. They just want it out right now. And uh, yeah, 100 mil. Make it work. Would you have drafted Brett Favre? Over Jay Cutler? Yeah. A couple of gunslingers. <laughs> yes. You're turning the ball over one yeah. way or the other. Would you, you take are. Jay Cutler at his peak over Geno Smith? Mm. Ooh, that is a good question. <laughs> I know. That's a great answer. Hold your answer. Hold your answer. answer because uh, you have some time to think on it. All right. All right. I may, I may decide not to put you on the spot. No, put me on the spot. Okay, great. Um, Brandon Marshall p- pranked Patrick Mahomes in the meanest way, but it ended up okay for everyone, including a celebrity cameo by Rihanna. That's next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports Station. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacey Rost. Taking a look around the NFL. Bump, do you have an answer to my question? I didn't know. We did not know that Bump was... Die hard Jay Cutler. No, I wouldn't say a die hard Jay Cutler fan. One of Bump's, I've decided, most underrated and now funniest takes is that we have not truly appreciated <laughs> nah, Jay Cutler. Nah, the best quarterback out of Vanderbilt. <laughs> bet out your, here. You bet could, your house on that. You could make the argument that he is the best Bears quarterback of the last like 80 years. Yeah, but that says exactly. more about the Bears than it does it Jay does, Cutler. Does. I also okay. recant. I recant. Is it Geno's fault there was another game this year? So he got more stats? No. Stop. You You're just not, go you hate that and you argument. play. And you play. Hey, and, and don't knock my guy 4,500 yards in 2008 with the Denver Broncos, man. 
I do have Pro to recant bowler. that. I have to recant my Just statement saying. that he never had a 4,000-yard season. Jay Cutler, rocket. Stop. <laughs> you don't mean any of it. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's start with the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton denied the rumor that he didn't want to coach Kyler Murray. As we know, that rumor started uh, when Terry Bradshaw had an interview with a radio station and said probably an off-the-record conversation that he had with Sean Payton where Sean Payton didn't want to work with Kyler Murray and really all that was left was Russell Wilson. Maybe, you know, he's not too excited. Sean Payton said, look, I think Terry Bradshaw loves me, you know, broadcasting with him and, you know, no place is like good enough for me. He's trying to clean it up. And then he says, you know, my fan is the my son is the biggest Kyler Murray fan. I love Kyler Murray. That happened on the set of Fox NFL Sundays. And they're having conversations, candid conversations. <laughs> off and Terry, the record. Off the record, Terry Bradshaw, being in his 70s, sometimes you just let things slip a little bit. My grandma will say some crazy things sometimes, but you let them go because they're 70-something years old. And um, Sean Payton, why would he admit to that? Nothing good comes from that, right? So no. It was a talk, a, a talk amongst the boys, and it got, it got loose. We'll got never loose. know the truth. Add it to the list of answers that we want, right? Did Sean Payton <laughs> really say he hates Kyler Murray? Um, however, during this conversation, he did add fuel to the idea that the Broncos could pursue Josh Jacobs in free agency. Josh Jacobs has said he wants to stay in Vegas. He led the league in rushing after the Raiders didn't pick up his fifth-year option. He said yesterday on PFT Live that he'd be willing to play under the franchise tag in Vegas, but he would want the Raiders to go out and get the right guys in the building around them so if they go out and get Aaron Rodgers I feel like that's what he was hinting he at. will be okay playing under under the franchise tag wherever he goes you're getting a premier running back when this guy is healthy he's one of the best in the league he showed that this year so um, I'm interested to see where he lands but I think it's all contingent on Mr. Aaron Rodgers going to Vegas if you had Aaron Rodgers Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs as your three-headed monster on offense the only team that can go shot for shot with the Chiefs in that division. Well, Carson Palmer thinks there's a great chance Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Jets. As we know, uh, the Jets owner came out and said that they would be willing to spend in free agency on a quarterback. They believe they're just a quarterback away. Uh, This would be via trade, not free agency, since Aaron Rodgers is still under contract with the Packers. We have heard a rumor report that the Packers would want to trade Aaron Rodgers to an AFC team, which would make the Jets and, for that matter, the Raiders both alive there. I think the Raiders would be a better landing spot. You've sold me on that idea. Mm-hmm. Better so. for him. And Carson Palmer might be right. This is what we do as analysts during this time of the season. We build scenarios in our brain. We figure it out. We're saying this might be a good fit. That might be a good fit in hopes that it happens. So then I can show up the next day and be like, Stacy, mm-hmm. what I tell you? Yep. Aaron Rodgers to, to the Raiders, man. I am a guru when it comes to this free agency stuff. That's what we do. Yeah. Speculation season. But he might have some connections that your boy don't have over here. You know what I'm saying? Carson Palmer. All right. Another quarterback looking for a new home potentially. This one, coincidentally, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr, who could be traded as early as this weekend. From Albert Breer, one informed party guessed that if a trade happens, it would happen over the weekend. That is from his latest column on Sports Illustrated. Carr has a no-trade clause in his contract, but was back at the Saints facility Thursday, which for what was the second of a two-day visit on Wednesday and Thursday. So it's reasonable to expect him to waive the trade clause since there seems to be clear mutual interest. He'd reconnect with his old head coach. My question, Bump, is adding Derek Carr enough to make the Saints an automatic favorite to win the NFC South? If any of those teams get a quarterback, they're the favorite to win that division. It's very, it's lacking talent at the quarterback position. You have Desmond Ritter over there with Atlanta, but we shall see. 
when Brian took you out on your first date. Aww. Remember that? <laughs> like it was yesterday. Okay. Where do you where'd you guys go? We went to an Italian restaurant. Italian restaurant. So then Called you Barofsky. said, you know what? I'm gonna go out on a second date with this guy. I'm going out on a second date, right? Yeah, of That's course. Different. It was well, love because, at first sight. Because you were interested. Yeah. Right? That's what's happened over here with the Saints. I think he's gonna end up over there with them. The AFC South, I'm not looking at the teams right now when it comes to the NFL as a whole, but they might be the weakest quarterback division yes, for sure. in the land right now. Maybe the AFC South, but they got Trevor Lawrence. The NFC North has Justin Fields, and as no, of now, right. Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's got to be the NFC yep. South. So you go there, you're not guaranteed to win the division, but you are in the hunt automatically. Unless Ritter works out, there is no franchise quarterback at all in the NFC South. My nope. question, though... God, is it the Panthers? I want to say the Panthers have like five or six or seven overall, maybe nine. There are two NFC South teams, I'm pretty sure, in or near the top ten. Let's say one of them trades up. Let's say that the New Orleans Saints get Derek Carr mm-hmm. and the Panthers get one of C.J. Stroud or Will Levis. Who now has the better situation? New Orleans still has it, but for the short short term. We're talking yeah. long term. you got to go with these younger quarterbacks. Of course. Uh, All right. Next up, I mentioned that Brandon Marshall played a mean prank on Patrick Mahomes. Here's what happened. At a Super Bowl press conference, Patrick Mahomes, he's up here speaking to reporters. Brandon Marshall for his I Am Athlete podcast plays a joke on him. He says, hey, um, Rihanna, he's like a reporter at this thing. He goes, hey, Patrick, Rihanna said that uh, she thought you were the greatest ever. Uh, What'd you think about that? So Patrick Mahomes goes on this long answer of like, oh, my God, like, what? That's amazing. I mean, whatever Rihanna says goes. Like, it's clearly like a fan of Rihanna. And then Brandon Marshall says, I lied. She didn't say that. Fair. And then Patrick Mahomes just stares at him. It's really funny. <laughs> However, Rihanna found out because Brandon Marshall filmed himself telling her. She said, you're a hater. And she turned to the camera and let Mahomes know, I still think you're great. There you go, it Rihanna. Way to make it right. Way to make it Way right, to make it Riri. Right. Brandon she Marshall, the right thing. you're wrong for that. You're really. It, it was funny though. See, I was gonna say, like, like I can't tell if it's funny or not. I it's, think it was made funny because Brandon Marshall's really funny, and Patrick Mahomes' reaction was like his whole <laughs> face just like collapsed. Like you know when like your friend says something and you're not human bite, you just stare at them, yeah. and like your whole body relaxes uh-huh. and you're just kind of glaring. Because you're like, you got me, you got me. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's go for some injury updates ahead of the Super Bowl. Um, bad news for the. Chiefs, there's a little bit of a bug going around reportedly. Um, Chris Jones uh, was uh, dealing with a little bit of sickness. I don't think it's like a COVID situation, just a little bit of a bug. Otherwise, they have good injury news. Patrick Mahomes was a full participant in yesterday's practice. Um, uh, Isaiah Pacheco was a full participant. Let's see who else here matters. Juju Smith-Schuster was a full participant. He has a knee injury. Uh, Kadarius Toney was a full participant. He has a hamstring injury. Um, Only Legereus Sneed was limited. So one limited player. Philadelphia Eagles have a few more limited players. Jason Kelsey was limited. More of a rest day there. Uh, Fletcher Cox limited. Again, more of a rest day. I wouldn't read into any of those. However, um, they do have some guys. Cornerback James Bradbury. uh, He was limited. Um, He is a little bit of a rest as well. Um, But they've suddenly the tables have slightly turned. I think they're evening out just a little bit. Turns have tabled. Yeah. Um, most of this is rest, though. I think the, yes. the real... Well, they have some with limiting... Like, Lane Johnson is a rest, but he has a groin injury as well. Yeah, and everyone has something at this point. Now, last week, or a few days ago, Kansas City had legit dudes yes. not practicing because of injuries. It, 
few days ago, Philadelphia had everyone healthy. At this point, there is nobody who's completely healthy if you have played at least 40% of the snaps on this season. I think that's what we're seeing right there. All right, last story here. Let's go to some coaching hires. This one, coordinators. The Texans are expected to hire Matt Burke as defensive coordinator. Meanwhile, ex-Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury is back in town from Thailand. He's interviewing for offensive coordinator under D'Amico Ryan's uh, Texan staff. I think that's perfect, too. Honestly, like I think fit? that's perfect. Yeah, send him over there. He's got to humble himself a little bit, right? Start from the ground up, not necessarily the ground up. He will be offensive coordinator. The only thing that's going to be tough is that um, you have to build this offense. You have to go get a quarterback, which is nice. Kingsbury is going to have his guy get another chance of having his guy because he's the one that brought Kyler Murray over after they drafted Josh Rosen. Now you get to start from the ground up again. What are you able to do? And you have a young coach to work with who, from all I hear, is nothing but a great leader, something that Kingsbury just didn't have in his DNA. Mm -hmm. So it might not work out in the long run when it comes to wins and losses, but it allows him to build another foundation and, and learn what it's like to be a coach in this league and not have to be the guy in the forefront taking all the shots. All right, coming up next, we've got uh, back-to-back segments of Super Bowl talk. At one, we'll focus on some numbers and stats that can potentially tell the story of this game. First, though, um, let's tell the story of how either team can win. Kind of like, hey, here's the key, here's what needs to happen. And then we'll make our actual picks, our honest picks. That's next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle's Sports Station. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Well, it's finally here, Bump. Super Bowl Sunday, the Chiefs and Eagles face off in what should be a really fun game. I actually really love this matchup, most especially if Patrick Mahomes is as close to healthy as he can get. You don't have a lot of faith he's going to be anywhere near 100% because you have had the same injury. He'll be good for a couple series, but then he's going to be forced to move outside the the pocket, step up and throw it. He'll get tackled. If you think those dudes on Philly, I don't don't say they're going to be dirty, but Mm -hmm. if you don't think they're going to tackle and gator roll and test out that ankle, man, you crazy. They're going to test it out. All right. We've made our prop bets. We've had our fun with it. Let's get into some actual analysis for this game. We'll start. uh, Prop bets were a real analysis. Oh, you're right. I actually take it all back. Prop (laughs) bets were real analysis. We had to think a lot about it. You did research. Jalen Hurts, his girlfriend, figuring it like you you called it. Okay, let's see. Um, But the actual Super Bowl that's taking place, the analysis for on-field stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Let's start with uh, Philly's defense, which I just can't get enough of the depth that they have up front, especially. They had multiple players with double-digit sacks. Uh, Obviously, Hassan Reddick, we've talked about him before, being absolutely phenomenal, and he wasn't even, like, the only guy (laughs) to end up with it. So how do they fare against an offensive line that the Chiefs, after their Super Bowl loss against the Bucs, said, hey, we need to spend. We need to go out and fix this because this is a problem. How do they fare? I think they they fare good against those guys. And I think that offensive line is good enough, too. That's the the best part about this Super Bowl is that you're seeing both number one seeds, right? Mm -hmm. You're seeing the MVP quarterback, Mm -hmm. the runner-up on the other side. You are seeing one of the best wide receivers in A.J. Brown. You're seeing some of the best pass game over there. Like This is so evenly matched. It's crazy. And then we look at the postseason. Philadelphia Eagles are allowing 195 yards per game. That is total. They still... Right, sack leaders, right? Obviously, they played more games than other guys, but they got eight sacks in the playoffs so far. Kansas City has seven. So I think that that's the battle you have to watch. I heard Brock Heward say earlier today that if you get a chance, look at uh, Kelsey, the offensive lineman for Philadelphia. Mm. 
say he might be the best center to ever play this game. Then I want you to look at, um, is it Lane Johnson Mm -hmm. for the Eagles? The best lineman in the game. Then I want you to look at Chris Jones and Frank Clark. And this is, I'm echoing what what Brock said about this. When you have a chance, just look at the O-line and pick a battle and just watch it. Watch how just violent it is. It's like two big grizzly bears going at it or two uh, hippopotamuses in the wild going at it. It's going to be violent. (laughs) That is, that's where the game is lost in one. So I think that if healthy, this is both sides are healthy, which it sounds like both sides are are pretty healthy when it comes to offensive line and defensive line. It's going to be a great battle, something you don't want to miss. They're pretty evenly matched uh, when it comes to pro football focus as far as the two quarterbacks go. Um, they give Jalen Hurts, obviously, the edge and run pass option. Uh, and they surprisingly give Jalen Hurts the edge in the quick game. Yeah. Which I was, I mean, I get maybe I shouldn't be, but I was surprised by that. No, I'm not surprised by it. I mean, if you look at Pat Mahomes and this offense and the plays that they make most consistently, they're off script and they're intermediate passes, intermediate to long. Can he throw the quick game? Of course he can. He's the best quarterback in the game. You look at Jalen Hurts, they set their pass game up with the RPOs, which turns into quick game, getting mm-hmm. the football out fairly quickly because you don't want linemen down the field. And then they open it up by throwing it deep to AJ and Devontae. So that that makes complete sense to me. Um, we know that there's going to be a lot of deep plays. Patrick Mahomes has the edge in uh, deep passes. Big time throw percentage. He ranked third. Geno Smith, I think, was first or second, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that they've got great targets offensively. I, I feel like a lot of the conversation heading into this one has been Kind of like what Robbie Gold said, like, I'll oh, make Jalen Hurts throw it from the pocket, make Jalen Hurts make play. him be a quarterback, make him be a quarterback. And it kind of irks me. But I also feel like there are stats that back up that genuinely like he's great with run pass option, that mm-hmm. running is part of his game. You know what I mean? Like that, that he is great with that. But it just I, I feel like Jalen Hurts. Is it possible for someone who was runner up MVP to be underrated heading into this one? Yeah, it is. Because Robbie Gold, him saying that, I'm sure there are a lot of people who agree with what he's saying. Make him be a quarterback. In Robbie Gold's eyes, he sees probably Brock Purdy as more of a quarterback than Jalen Hurts. That's wild. Because Jalen possesses something that the Philadelphia Eagles game plan. We're going to use his legs. We're going to use his deception. I think Robbie Gold sees a quarterback as Aaron Rodgers, as Tom Brady. What we used to think as the prototypical quarterback, I think he's still thinking in, in, in that manner. you got to look at the quarterback position now and understand there's about five, six different ways to do this. You can be Lamar Jackson. You can be Jalen Hurts. You could be Tom Brady. You could be Justin Herbert. You could be Geno Smith. Five dudes, five different styles, five different ways to be a quarterback. So I hear that that statement by Robbie Gold, and I just think uh, he's this old old school type of dude. He sees a quarterback in a different light. I went back and watched highlights from Kansas City, the uh, Chiefs' last Super Bowl appearance, when obviously they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we remember that Super Bowl as being one not only when Russell Wilson was sitting next to Roger Goodell scowling, but also where Patrick Mahomes was running for his life because he was under pressure on um, and it's like a pretty high number of plays, and he was still making plays. Obviously, they lost, but like there's the pass that he has that ends up being dropped that should be a touchdown where he's throwing it as he's being taken down to the ground. Um, and there's all these mic'd up moments I was rewatching of Bucks players on the sidelines going, oh, my God, how is he doing this? Like he's a Chris Godwin's like he's a magician. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how he's doing this. And they're just in awe. Bucks win. No big deal. They walk away. It's not enough. Patrick Mahomes has better protection now. And to me, Bump, I feel like it's so hard to account for this sounds tired, but the Mahomes factor. 
that that he may not even need the quality of offensive line that Philadelphia has to be able to, I mean, compete against what is an incredibly deep front seven from Philadelphia. There are a few guys in NFL history that have that kind of glow about them. Tom Brady had that. It's the Tom Brady factor. What are you down, 26-3 to three or something like that? Super Bowl against Atlanta Falcons? You don't count him out because he knows how to make plays. Pat Mahomes the same way. I'll never forget. I've never seen someone be parallel to the ground and still no. throw a football. It was incomplete. It was the greatest completion I've ever seen. It was amazing. That's what he can do. Uh, Mike Vick had that type of factor. Remember when he was uh, the, the game winner overtime of leaving as the Minnesota Vikings um, he runs for 50 yards or something like that. Every now and then, there's a quarterback that brings something to the game that um, the other team just can't game plan for. You can't game plan for physical abilities, for the mental, for clutchness. I think that's what Pat Mahone has over everybody in this league right now. Agreed, and I don't think that it's going to need to take the best offensive line to do it. I actually think that this is a good enough for him. Uh, all right, so our quiz... Uh, Trivia face-off between you and Curtis coming up at 1.30. Lots of great Super Bowl questions in here. It's all Super Bowl-themed. No multiple choices for you guys. You just got to think on them. Uh, before then, we're going to go uh, Super Bowl talk by the numbers, talk about some Super Bowl memories for the Seahawks, get to four-down territory, all of that coming your way next.